now we're recording. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast from Italy. I'm Jason. Ashley's over there. A beautiful 5 October here in Piobico, and this is take two and a half. Yes, it is. Take one was awesome. We were riffing. We were rolling. It was probably the best podcast we've ever done. My jokes were landing. It was gold. We were... We had energy. So much energy. The stories were so vivid. We talked into the microphones for a solid hour. Solid hour. I looked down to hit stop when we put them down, and we got low battery at 20 minutes. So... <laughs> On our Tascam DR40 linear PCM recorder, when it gets to low battery, it stops recording. And my job as engineer, I'm, I'm chief engineer here at Podcast from Italy, and my <laughs> job is to make sure that the recording is, gets done and put up, and Ashley tags it and does all her social. Um, I was not wearing my monitoring headset, so I didn't know that the thing cut out. So he will be beaten severely. I will be beaten this afternoon. Don't worry. <laughs> So, uh, good luck with this version. I feel like it's not going to be nearly as good. Probably not. We <laughs> we'll try. Today is 5 October. It is now, holy crap, 10, 15 in the <laughs> we morning. We started this hours ago. We started this hours ago. <laughs> uh, this is procrastination, and um, this is what gets you. This is what happens when we you don't have real jobs. No, but we have a lot to cover. Our last podcast was <laughs> August 25th. And it's October, so no. September was, I, I was going to say busy month, but for us it was busy because we actually had guests. Busy, we didn't do shit. We went on a couple road trips. <laughs> we, had get, uh, we had one of my friends you come and stay. your friends come for a week? And we had a good lunch. I wouldn't call that busy. Like, I wouldn't really either. We've realized also, by the way, that our lives revolve around lunch. Now they do. I know. <laughs> we have cultivated mass this, this summer. <laughs> And now it's time to stop cultivating and start harvesting. No, no one really bulks up over the summer. Like we did, we did. We decided to bulk up, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of you who are listening are feeling the same predicament. I hope so. We're all in this together, but we got fat over the summer when normally we run around like crazy and get nice and get slim fit. and tan. If you can't tone it, tan, tan it. it. So Gachi's right about this autumn explosion of fat. I think. <laughs> well, let's jump in. So at the end of September, or at the end of September, sorry, the beginning of September, once all the kids went back to school, um, we've been hanging around here for quite a while, and we want to go on a little road trip through Italy. So we were contacted by a Facebook, Instagram friend, um, fellow expat who's been living in Italy for almost 30 years, and she said, if, you ever, if there's ever a time to come visit the Cinque Terre, come now. She has a bed and breakfast there and has had it for 20 some odd years, I think. And she invited us to come and stay at her lovely place, Villa Valentina. And we thought, you know what? Let's do it. Why not? Out of all the times, let's say yes. Let's say yes. And so she said it was like it was Come Una Volta, like 20 some odd years ago without the crazy tourists, without the Americans, before, before Rick, Rick Steves. <laughs> so we loaded up the car and it's about a four hour drive. Four hours door to door. Uh -huh, exactly. From our place to Levanto. She lives just the next town north of the five famed Chiquitera villages. She's um, just past... Monterosso and um, is in Levanto. Um, we took off early in the morning and decided to break the trip up, stopping in Carrara, which is about three quarters of the way there. Uh, Carrara is famous. You've probably recognized the name for it. It's marble. It's got that beautiful white marble with the like gray 
veins running through it and um driving up to it too you were just as we were getting closer you're like are those the mountains are those the marble mountains and it's like yes and really carrara we've all we've never been it's always been on our list to check out friends have said it was cool um but we were really there with one main objective it wasn't so much carrara but that a teeny tiny village just above it i don't know maybe it's six kilometers if that whatever felt like a half an hour drive <laughs> and you go past the town and um up the hills with, along with all of the big camions the big trucks full of marble and these are not slabs no they're blocks so carrara is a working man's town like it's built around this industry um it's very you can feel just like it's people who work yeah um the infrastructure there is perfect meaning the roads are good and the everything's nice because you have this industry that relies on taking these huge i have no idea how much they weigh they're giant it fills the whole back of a huge truck and driving them down the mountain um to where the industrial zone is for them to then cut it up and then take it by train to the port where it goes on to ships all over the world uh, it's really, really interesting. And driving up to Colonato, you get closer and closer to see how they mine the marble out of the mountain. And they cut it out in these blo- perfect blocks like Jenga, like that Jenga game where you just slide a block out of the mountain. It is uh, incredible to see. And mind-blowing when you start thinking and seeing signs saying, oh, these are Roman quarries. Like they, the Romans have – this has been going on forever up there. And just that they knew how to do this and it felt like we were going back in time. It's really, really – and there's dust of marble in the air everywhere. I'm sure it's great to breathe <laughs> and uh, you can hike. And um, we didn't have a huge amount of time. So next time we go, I definitely want to go back and take like a guided tour and learn all about the logistics mm-hmm. of getting it out and the history of it. It's really – Oh, yeah. Really, we had a lot of questions. If you're here – and you're like, okay, what else is there to do besides see churches and all that? Go to go to Kararik because it's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't our mission this time. No. What was the objective? The objection was... Why do we want Colonata? Colonata is famous for its lardo. Yes. Lardo di Colonata. Lardo di Colonata is fat from the back of the pig, uh, t- the neck towards like the first few ribs right at the top. And it's the best fat of the pig. Um, and then they put it under salt in these marble boxes. But rubbed with spices. Rubbed with spices and then under salt. Um, you would then wait about six months and then wash it off and slice it paper, paper thin and serve it on like a salami and prosciutto platter. The difference between uh, how they do prosciutto and how they do this la- this lardo is the prosciutto is put under salt for a shorter, short period of time. Anywhere from a week to two and a half, three weeks, depending on the type and the size. Then it is washed off with white wine and hung to cure in a controlled environment, um, whether it's a cave or, or whatever. The humidity and temperature is controlled. The lardo, on the other hand, is put under the salt and left there. And it gets kind of watery in there. And the um, marble does something. I haven't really researched exactly how to do this. The marble does something to promote a good bacteria, flora kind of thing. Environment. Going on there. Um, And then you – it gets uh, washed off and then you just slice it. Um, It is – 
phenomenally delicious. And you think just sliced fat? That's gross. It's not. No. <laughs> it's it's not. It's it's phenomenal. And in your mouth for being straight fat, it's not greasy. It's salty enough, but not overly. You can tell that there's spices go like different rosemary and garlic and clove and all this different stuff, but it's not overpowering. It's it's really really nice. So we wanted one of the boxes. <laughs> We tried this years and years ago. I don't remember where. Some festival, I'm sure. And it's rare in our area because it's not from here. And so you'll find a few farmers, pig farmers, who are interested in do their own carrying salamis and stuff. And they, you know, everyone kind of takes it to the next level or tries yeah, something they'll do else. Lard, that, but mm-hmm. they won't do it in the marble. I have not seen a marble box around here, and I haven't seen them leave it under. They'll cure it in the similar way as prosciutto under the salt wash it hang it to dry mm-hmm. this is not hung to dry this is this kept in the box for like six months six months um so we got one of these boxes and i would say it's um i don't know the exact it's not small it's not big it's probably like take four shoe boxes and put them all together in a no, cube no like two no Ash, i'm looking it's at way it. bigger <laughs> Ash, come on. A shoebox is slightly bigger than... If Ashley gives you weights, <laughs> measurements, distances, any kind of With scale or something... The first time we did the podcast, the first recording, I thought, okay, this time I'm going to say two shoeboxes and I'm going to be right. <laughs> I'm still wrong. Ash, um, the, now inside the, the cavity inside this, it's one piece of marble. You just take a cube and dig it out. So the walls are about... Two, two and a half, three inches, five centimeters, six centimeters thick. It's really heavy for the size it is. It's just... It's and then just a heavy marble lid on top. And tell them how you cure the box. Uh, or you, what you, like, how to well, prep it. You, uh, to prep it, you wash it out, wash the box out real well, get all the, um, the dust, dust and, and stuff like that. And then you take a whole head of garlic and you cut off the top and you just rub it into the walls and the bottom it, to season it. Yeah. And... and Something about the garlic has good bacteria that kind of starts off the the whole thing. And then when it comes to the seasonings for the lardo di colonata itself, it it seems to be like family secrets because each larderia has their own little recipe. A lot of them involved chiodo di garofalo, the Uh, um, clove. And and it was it's really good. And we went um, we went to a little larderia shop. This town is maybe two hundred people. Yeah, it's tiny. When you get up there, it's teeny tiny. And um, there's four places to get a lardo sandwich in the main piazza which of course you have to do um it's and they don't put two slices of lard when you get a lard no they don't put skinny slices no well the slices are transparent they're very very thin but they put it on like cheese like i thought it looked like cheese on but it was delicious (laughs) but it's lard Um, and it's just a crappy panino like you get everywhere else but the lard just makes it work and this is what the workers who would go up to the quarries and you know get out the big slabs of stone this is what they would put in their pocket as they went up and would be their breakfast or lunch and you eat one of these you have you have enough energy to Heart to quarry marble mm-hmm. to dig out marble. Exactly. So that was really cool. So we, I don't know exactly how to do it. I have to do a little bit more research. I got one of the little books on on how it's done, and I'll watch a couple of YouTube videos. And it's, um, but definitely worth a stop. Definitely worth a stop if if you're in that in that area. Well, all that lard made us hungry. So, and actually, we weren't even that hungry. But it's time for lunch. So, my. Uh, our road trips, our travels tend to be dictated by our bellies at the same Yours. time. Yours. Ashley thinks a vacation <laughs> means just going to restaurants. I just I... think it's eat your way through this next town. So I thought, okay, we're going to be in Carrara. 
we've been going on um, when Jason was going to the hospital and a few other trips recently. Um, we've stopped at some of these what I like to call truck stop diners. Now it's not really like a greasy spoon diner, but it's like these spots off the autostrada industrial zones, industrial zones where you get a lot of truckers or you get a lot of the workers, and you get a cheap lunch. You eat well. Uh, spendy pokey, manja ben, manja spendy pokey. Eat well, spend a little. And so I was like, well, let's check out around Carrara. And instead of going into the city center, because who knows where we could park? <laughs> it's all about the parking. Let's check out more of the industrial zone. And sure enough, I just did like Google restaurants or whatever and was reading the reviews and came across one where it mentioned both Operai and Lavoratori immediately. And those are workers. And where workers go for lunch is where I want to go for lunch. And sure enough, this place was not far from the entrance exit to the autostrada, right kind of on the skirt edge of the industrial zone and very unassuming from the outside. You pass it into, you didn't even realize. No, we walk in and it was almost a little nice. Like I thought, Oh, well, I wasn't expecting tablecloths. (laughs) (laughs) And and I wasn't sure. I was like, well, I thought this said worker guys. And within minutes of us sitting down, the place started just filling up from retired couples and um, locals to like the postman coming to eat to all the guys in the orange jumpsuits to the businessmen. And it was like, oh no, this is the spot. And we just got like the menu of the day. Yeah. So there was a couple of them. Mm-hmm. We got the most expensive one. The it seafood. Tw- it was 20 euro. Like 20 bucks you ate like a cake. The beautiful pasta. Uh, antipasti was really, really nice. The fish was all cooked perfectly. When we left, it was like, oh my God. That's going to be the best. This is going to be the best meal of the trip. Jason was like, you have started off very strong with your restaurant choices. So um, it's called Osteria da Gloria. If you are ever in Carrara, I would like to go back. <laughs> when we go to when we go back to Carrara to take the tour, we'll definitely go there for lunch. For again. sure. It's, it's not unassuming. It's just. 20 bucks for yeah, two. Yeah, it was no, great. No, it was 20 bucks a head. Oh, was it? Yeah. I don't even know if it was. Yeah, it was for fish lunch. Whatever. It was cheap. Um, then we decided to get, well, not decided. We were heading to the Cinque Terre, so back in the car and up the coast. Um, we went um, a little bit north of where we wanted to be, which was Levanto, uh, to Bonasola. No, we went further than that, We went right? just a little further, actually. Uh... Scroll in. He's looking at the map. Oh, there it is. We went here. No? Divina Marina or something so. like that. Mm-hmm. And then took the coast down for a little pretty drive along the coast. Um, this is like uh, these road. Um, no cars are really can go into the Cinque Terre. You, there's a train system that works great, and you can walk or bicycle everywhere. Um, and it's because these roads on the on that follow the coast are no joke. Like, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's not crazy. Bu- it wasn't crazy busy with cars. It's just they're turny and they're tight. And if you're driving, you don't get to enjoy the the scenery. Those sitting in the passenger seats get to enjoy how beautiful it is without sweaty palms. <laughs> I don't get sweaty palms. <laughs> but it's out. like oh my god. So Levanto, we highly recommend. This is where we stayed. Like I said, just one town north, um, a four minute train ride to the Cinque Terre and it was lovely. We were about a long walk or a short bike ride um, five minutes outside of the city center, the beach of Levanto. And I have to say it was really nice not being down there in the heart of it all because it's there's even though this was supposedly dead, there was plenty. It was still plenty busy. It was packed. Um, All the little towns were. 
Um, and I relatively packed. Relative. Well, for us, it was plenty for me. Yes. Um, and it was just nice to be have a after dinner after just like Ash said, it's just nice to be just far enough outside where you it's quiet and mm-hmm. it's it's. The place was called Villa Valentina, yeah. and it was little apartments, the, everything you needed. Bikes were perfect. We did the e-bikes and went to Bonasola, the next town north of there, which was five kilometers through the old train tunnels. Never never rode an e-bike. The train tunnels were the coolest thing. That was the coolest. They, I loved they that. They took the old tunnels and made them into walking bike paths, and it's five kilometers between the north, uh, the town north of Levanto, Bonasola, and it was just so nice to, do, to ride it in the day or in the night mm-hmm. it's cool when it's in the heat of the day it's nice and cool night, tunnels stay in, cool. Ni- in the evening it's lit inside it was really fun and the e-bikes were awesome okay e-bikes we n- i've never ridden an e-bike before e-bikes you get the the um credit of doing exercise by riding a bike all over the place but without any effort exactly it would be like let's kick it on <laughs> tunnel blast through here it was it was a kick i liked it a lot <laughs> Um, but now let's get into exploring the, actually the five famed towns. So we started with Monterosso because we, it was the next town. Yeah, the f- first so stop on the train. The, the five of them are Monterosso, Vernazza, Cornelio, Cornelio, and Rio Maggiore. And Manarola. And Manarola is at the bottom? No. You Did skipped I skip it? it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's in inland a little no. bit? No. Oh. <laughs> the green dot oh um and those are they're all in this little kind of not a cove but the kind of the the the, the coast kind of comes in comes in i a don't little know bit. um they are um very close they're just, it looks like when you're looking on a map oh it could be a bit between them if you were driving it could take like 45 minutes <laughs> to get in between them if you're taking the train it's, it's like, like four, minutes four minutes in between yeah. each stop and if you're walking them which is what the main thing to do is is hike between the the all the little villages mm-hmm. um which was great. Okay, let's go for a hike. Yeah, let's hike. I'm down for it. Um, this is not a vacation hike. No. This is like I could have a heart attack hike. Uh, make sure to keep an eye on what um, marker we're at. So in case we need to call for an emergency help. It was... I had read, oh, it's, this is, there's like three different ones you could take, the light, medium, and hard. And we were like, we'll definitely do the light one. We, we haven't done anything this summer, and it just sounds like a nice morning stroll. And it says it's about two hours, and I thought, oh, we're good walkers. We walk. Like, we could do this. No, no problem. Oh, my God. I had no idea. It was all uphill. It was. I don't even know how an entire walk is all uphill. <laughs> it wasn't all uphill, but the, <laughs> the thing is, um, the, the villages are down down along and then the water. <laughs> along the water and then when you get on the trail you immediately just start climbing um you have to get into the hills and then follow the coast so you go in and then come out as the coast comes out and go in and come down and go in. it's um legit it's legit it is not a oh we're gonna go for a walk in no no wonder towns. people make fun of americans for going in flip-flops i cannot imagine yeah this is a you have to have the right shoes you should probably have some water if you're gonna do this 100 um it, I don't see how you could take small children or strollers or, or like, you, it is a no. hike. Thankfully, we did it first thing in the morning. There was barely anyone. 
almost no one on the trail with us except for one unassuming unsuspecting couple and ahead of us yeah they were they were a little bit younger a little bit fitter she had the walking stick thing so it was like all right well we're racing you now now we have to race so it's just become the amazing race and you're our number one competition because i'd like stop to take a couple pictures and jason would be like they're getting ahead yeah so (laughs) i I figured if we could keep up with them we're okay um there was a couple parts where it's it's like and they you know every i don't know a couple of hundred meters there's a like you are at post 12 mm-hmm. um and it was like all right this is post 12 you got to call the call the ambulance because i'm <laughs> i'm gonna die here this is I no saw a joke. pregnant lady walking and i thought what is she doing she was much sport she was sporty spy she was she was pregnant and she was gonna kick that trails ass. oh my god i but just thought it's just not a if, if you go there knowing we're gonna hike and and prepared you're you, and you like hiking, you'll be fine. But if you go into it thinking, oh, this will be a nice walk while we're on vacation with it's in between not. lunches. No. 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 I heard horror stories of hilarious, hilarious horror stories when I started posting some of the pictures on Instagram. And it was like, oh, my gosh. So, yes, if you're going to do it, be prepared. Do it early if you can. Um, it's really pretty when you're in there. I mean, the trail is gorgeous. It's stunning. And the views are gorgeous. Um, but like Jason said, wear the right footwear. It is not um, paved paved or a proper i mean it is a trail but it is not flat or sometimes there's dirt sometimes it's just boulders that you're walking on mm-hmm. sometimes you have to step over like a little stream I, mean, I was staring down the entire time it's yeah a- you don't look around you <laughs> stare down looking like- at where you're going and and the climbing it's a lot of climbing mm-hmm. so when you we like we were huffing and puffing we get down into Ver- it was and it was like oh god okay thank god here's the here's the village he's like i just want to jump i'm we're going straight to the beach i'm going straight to the beach and as we're getting into it he could see it and he goes what the there's no fucking beach and he realized uh the chicoteria is not about the beaches no um uh levanto has one monteroso has one bonasola has one but a lot they're not beach beaches like no running in the water there's a place to swim but uh, sometimes you have to climb down rocks to get there Sometimes it's just like this little place where they launch the boats and you can swim there. It's like, I'm not going to swim where they launch the boats. Um, and don't forget, in the Cinque Terre, these tiny towns, you're on display because there's so many people there, tourists, all this activity. The little quote unquote beaches are teeny tiny. And yeah, you are on yeah, display. Yeah, it's just a bunch of people got like the little towns are packed. Um, there's no beach. Like <laughs> I know. When we got to Manarola later... Um, for lunch, Jason was, we were watching again. It, this one was just rocks. This was just like huge rocks. People were diving off of them, yeah. or sunbathing on and Italians will find any slab in the sun and put down a towel and lay there for but hours it's not and comfortable. claim it not comfortable at all. And, um, my arm's still kind of not a hundred percent. So I don't know if I want to jump into the sea and then have to climb back up rocks to get I know. out. He's, nor- he's a super strong swimmer, better than I am. But exactly with the arm, it was like, oh man, this isn't really a good idea. No. But um, so that was a, that was a bummer. <laughs> so it's just like, what the hell? <laughs> so these, so all these little, all these little towns are what I consider packed. Like there is not a lot going on in these towns except tourist shops, focaccia, um, focaccia places, restaurants and bars. There's really not a lot of mm-hmm. stuff there. Um, you don't get the full appreciation for how quaint and kitschy they are when you're standing inside of them. You have to get onto the sea to look back and see, oh, this is really built into the mountain and, set, and the colors of all the buildings. And um, I don't see any reason staying in one of those 
places to wake to say you woke up in the Cinque Terre, I guess, but there's not a lot there. No, and especially if you're looking out at the water from being outside of the Cinque Terre in Levanto to being right in the heart of it in like Vernazza, it's like water. it's the same water you're looking you at. Look so, at. Um, so, but like you said, the best way is to see it from the sea. So you could do the ferry, um, which is great. Jason kept saying it's not like the Staten Island. Ferry. No, it's not a giant ferry. <laughs> it's a small little ferry, and it's the most economical way to get on the water and see the different towns because you can just get a day pass and kind of just mm-hmm. get off and get on. You can, of course, take the train in between the towns, but the train gets packed. Um, I'm just the ferry was packed too. Mm-hmm. The middle of the rangeway is what we did, which was take like a. Uh, afternoon group. or sunset cruise with a small group. Um, that was awesome. We lucked That was out. awesome. Jason at first wasn't really down. He, I think he thought it was going to be super cheesy. An aperitivo sunset cruise isn't normally something we sign up for. Um, <laughs> but I was like, it's the last night. Let's see it from the sea. This will be great. And it was fantastic. We lucked out because we were the only – it's both seats like 12 or 14 people. We were the only people who signed up for it. So he said we, the, la- the night before was packed and the next night was sold out. But for some reason, we got lucky. Uh, it was just us. So we stopped and he let us snorkel and um, we stopped it. We drove up the coast or drove? No, motored. Motored. Up the coast and saw each one of the five five towns from the sea with the sun you know, setting in the west and – putting the perfect light on all of them. It was really, really nice. It was. Um, and then, of course, if you want to be baller, you can charter a boat from any size up to yacht, from mm-hmm. tiny little boat to yacht. And oh, we were with... daydreaming about it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we saw some. <laughs> there are yachts. There are definitely yachts there. Because we spent one day in Bonasola just at the beach and then went to a beach club, just relaxed. <laughs> the water was really nice. And Bonasola is not part of the Cinque Terre. No. It's north of it. Mm-hmm. But that's where I would recommend. It felt like a really... It was just quiet. It was quiet. There was the little kids running around. It was like families, oldies, and us. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the Cinque Terre was just mobbed with just tons of tourists. Oh, my gosh. And all the selfies oh, and TikTokers. The, the TikTokers and the Insta doing it for the gram. <laughs> the one chick who kept putting her leg up oh, and it would just keep getting higher and higher in the photo. And finally, Jason was like, she looks like a dog taking a pee. Like, oh, my God. What is going on? Um, yeah, it's it's a little uh, the, the, it's a little much when everywhere you turn, it's. Insta worthy and people doing all the, the things. <laughs> Grammy. I guess it's just in the world we live in now. But it was fun. It was the one thing before it sounds like we're like shitting on the Cinque Terre. You know, not at all. Okay. Um, but I, we did say like, what the hell, Rick Steves? Like, the, I grew up with, on his books and he loves this place and it's sweet, but it's like, okay, great. Let's start exploring some other parts of Italy, Rick. Let's come to La Marque a little bit. It's extremely <laughs> touristic there. Um, but one thing that blew our minds was the pesto. Everyone kept saying, oh, try the pesto, try the pesto. Oh, my gosh. All these articles or blogs, I can't get enough of the pesto. And then I added more pesto pasta. And I was just getting so sick of it. And I thought, yeah, I get it. The pesto, fine. Well, we go out to dinner with um, Paula from Villa Valentina. And she's like, try the pesto. And I was like, fine, we'll try the pesto. It was awesome. You guys try the pesto. <laughs> it's not like any <laughs> it pesto. It's not like any pesto I've ever had. The the olive oil there is really neutral, so it doesn't have that heavy. It's not a paste. It's very fluid. Um, the the um, type of basil they use there is not very overly powerful. That you don't. I don't know what they. I did. don't know what they did. Um, the pesto with trophier is the name of their pasta that they that they put it on. Um, 
try it. It's awesome. It's like no pesto I've ever had. No. I thought, okay, fine. We'll get some pesto. And then it literally was just like every other freaking blogger that I read. It was like, well, where do we get more pesto? How do I get more pesto at these meals? It was great. Um, real fo- uh, real um, their focaccia. Okay, so to me, their focaccia in most of the Cinque Terre towns and the ones that I looked up that um, that we stopped at that had been – written about yeah. what recommended whatever um we're really soft well i think i think their type of focaccia is soft and it's really greasy with a lot of olive oil i like crunchy bread i did so. too the, again bonasola scored for me with the best focaccia we had it was a little more crunchy it had a bottom. little more crunch yeah, to it was, i guess it was, i just like it a little more well done so if you like it pillowy no i think that's what that is mm-hmm. it's a pillowy soft oily they put a ton of olive oil on it that's that's it. It's, That's it. You like crunchy. Bread. I like a little crunch to it. Um, but if it's definitely worth a trip. I oh, and hello about the food too. Anchovies, anchovies. anchovies. Oh yeah, we brought they're home. Everywhere. They're an- everywhere. So we got a, um, a thing of anchovies under salt in uh, a big glass jar. jar, and that's what they're famous for there as well. So we'll be making different things all winter with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, oh, we did. We just had a little bruschetta or a little toast with butter and, and the, the anchovies. anchovies. It was, it was really good. Perfect. Um, but definitely take a boat ride of some sort. We saw goats grazing on mountain. These mountain. These hill goats that were like on the side of the hill grazing. Just on the cliffs to the sea. It was crazy. Uh, I kept going, where are they going? <laughs> <laughs> um, we saw, uh, the, the captain who was f- born and raised there, um, he pointed out. Marco. Marco. He pointed out where the um, abandoned vines are in between the towns that, you know, they, they abandoned the vines because there was no money in, the, in, in making wine. And they're trying to get money to revive these. And you can see the terraced land and you can see some of the poles still f- from uh, where they had the, the vines. Plus, just being on the water at sunset, it's nice. It, I'll it give a really shout nice. out. Rosa de Venti Boat Tours. You can find him. Google him. Google him. Um, he's out of Monte Rosso, no? No, Levanto. It was out of Levanto. Mm-hmm. Okay. And definitely worth it. Exactly. So, the Chicotera was lovely. Do you think we'll go back? Was it worth the hype? Oh, silence on both. Okay, so moving right along. Uh, <laughs> we did enjoy it. We checked it off the list. If we went back um, or we were going to Northern Italy and wanted to stop around there, I mean, listen, we were super pumped about Carrara, but you could tell that we were like, all right, saw the Cinque Terre. That was cool. Yeah, it's it's very beautiful. If it's on your butt, it's, it's all Instagram photos. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you want to go there and to take a photo of the famous little lagoony you know thing in where was that was no that was uh vernazza mm-hmm. yeah um then go it's pretty it's pretty there's lots of there's lots of pretty but spe- like you just said there's lots of pretty places in italy on the way home we thought well let's just break up the drive um it was a little too early to hit up that lunch spot in carrara <laughs> so trust me it was considered um so we stopped in luca another place we've never been to Luca is – they had money. Whoever – back in the day who, when they were building that place, they had money because their wall around that city is phenomenal. Yes. Totally intact. I've never seen one like this. It is huge. It is wide, the top of it, and there is 100 meters of, of like – Open grassland before the road where you picture like – was there a moat there at one time? Was there, like, defense there? The grass around it sets it off for some reason. It's really it's, cool. It's gorgeous. And um, you can get bikes and uh, bike around the top of the, the wall. And the it was um, it was packed as well. Luca was packed. Cinque Terre is... Jason keeps saying it was packed. But 
that is just his. Then, then I wouldn't want to go. If it was any more oh my people, gosh. I wouldn't want to go. Except we're there. so used to living so deep in the well, countryside without anyone that that to me, I know it wasn't packed. People talked about you couldn't even get off the train. Well, think of, like if, when you were hiking on the trails, there's some places where two people cannot fit going. You know, if you meet another person, one person has to wait for the other to pass. There's a lot of places like that. And if there was a bunch of people, there would be, you would just wait. You Oh, yeah. You'd have whole... to have reservations at every restaurant because they're tiny. Like, I know it would have been a whole different thing. Yeah. But um, Luca was packed. Luca it was, was packed. <laughs> um, beautiful. Tons of, every piazza had another church. They're all made out of marble. It was gorgeous. We stumbled upon the best pizza I've ever had in Italy. Yeah. Um, not easy to find really good pizza. But... It just, we walked past it. We looked at each other, turned back around, just had a vibe. We weren't even really that hungry, but we're, it was like, let's there's, sli- something, there's about something about this place. This place. Let's, split a, let's split a, split a piece Hole of pizza. Hole in the wall, tiny. It, it was awesome. It's it was like, some if of the, we ever opened a pizza place, it's kind of the look I would go for. Uh, it's some of the best pizza we've had. Oh, my God. I when, After we got home, like a week later, Jason was like, do you want to go back to Luca? And I was like, can you not stop thinking about that pizza either? Like, no. <laughs> it's just... Like, great we will definitely go back we'll rent the bikes that's one for to spend the whole day and evening and be yeah there for a night or spend, two you can spend a night or two and i'm sure around luca there's probably tons of stuff oh to yeah see as well so that was great and came home and then shortly after that my girlfriend who i grew up with um who lives in france came down for a few nights with her husband and daughter which was just it meant we needed to clean a room it meant like i don't know it was just so nice having someone here it was nice (laughs) getting the house kind of a little bit prepared Mm -hmm. and it's fun to play tourist in our own area because we don't really do the we only do it when the friends and family are here yeah we don't do the touristy bit in our Mm -hmm. our area so it was nice went to the sea one day we went to the mountains saw wild horses showed them and then like a freaking switch, the weather flipped. So we had warm, gorgeous September, and then right at that last week of September, we went to rain. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad we got it all in. We got about 10 days of good rain, and today, what's today? 17? Oh, not bad. It's a little windy out of Yeah, it's been pretty warm. It hasn't gotten cold. Cold, cold. The evenings aren't too bad for the time of year and the the wet weather we're having, but we could use it and it's nice. Um stacking wood. Stacking starting to stack wood. The um the pool's covered, the garden, we're starting to pick up the garden cuz um tomatoes died a few weeks ago there's nothing out there so getting the poles down getting picking up the irrigation system because you don't need irrigation if it rains all the time for the for the pump or not the pumpkins the um cabbages you went up on the roof which sounds like yeah great okay our house is pretty tall went up on the roof (laughs) our house is pretty tall fix some shit it's a big deal you have to get out this super long ladder you take your and if you fall you die so there's that too (laughs) there's that i told him because i had to hold the ladder on the inside there's a window on the third floor at the top that you have to climb a ladder straight up and i'm waiting there with to make sure when he's ready to come back I told him, listen, if you fall, make sure to scream so I know. No silent deaths here. You've got to scream so I know that you fall off the roof and I can come and call 911 and they take some an hour to get here. But you had to go fix some little, uh, there was what would a, you call that? It was like the cap for one of the vents on the roof mm-hmm. broke and with the rains coming, wanted to make sure we plug that. Nothing big, but getting on the roof is a big deal around here. <laughs> I know. Speaking of big deal, turds. Um, oh I wrote... <laughs> So we need to get back to work because Ashley has become a turd investigator. 
It's ridiculous. Every morning when she goes and opens the chicken, she comes back with her turd report. <laughs> I can't stop. Um, I both can't stop laughing or investigating. It's true. Uh, part of it is because I'm looking for predators who are trying to attack the chickens and identify what animal it is. But every once in a while, you get a few turds <laughs> You're like, whoa, Jason, you gotta come check this thing out. She thinks that she thinks that it's directed towards her. Because it's either right in front of the door to the chicken coop or on the stairs, the little four stairs she has to walk down. She's it's like, a Look, direct message. It's like, a direct message. They're sending messages. Look at this. It's got berries in it where they find berries. Oh my god. So that's what happens when I, have, I don't have guests to keep me entertained. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of berries, that is, speaking of berries, that's a good transition. Um, good berry year this year. We have um, yeah, it was. We, um, here we have what's called fruit de bosco, which is like uh, berries of the woods, fruit of the woods, and we have one main type, more or, or blackberries, like blackberries. And for they did pretty well this year. Yeah, and we actually had time to go and get them. Yeah. So I would go out, every, you know, a couple times a week and collect my little. So um. Ashley has a little girl's uh, pail, like you would take to the beach. Like, Some guests left yeah, it behind. Yeah, it's got like unicorns and like seahorses on it. Yeah, and it's a little girl's little kid's pail. She fills that up halfway and comes back and is proud doggy. Very proud. She's like, look at all the berries I got. This is so awesome. Look at them. <laughs> the other morning, we're driving down the road and the oldies squad was out. Now, what's the oldies squad? Well, there is a squad of retired older people who come through uh, and take. All the whatevers. They like clean through, like freaking ants or they, something. They're really like good. carpenter ants. Or... They're organized. They're knowledgeable. They have a Implements. lot of time, and they have to- homemade tools, like like claws, claws with buckets under them, and they can come through an area and get all of them in very short amount of time. So we're going down, and this we're, we're coming down the road, and this one lady is walking up the road, and she has a she's how old? T- late 70s yeah gotta be she's got a 20 liter or five gallon bucket just brimming full and (laughs) ashley's mouth drops and i go you're you're you are not you uh, said i should be ashamed you should be ashamed look at that (laughs) my sad little sand bucket that i take out compared to this five gallon bucket that was freaking overflowing and then i just for days i couldn't stop thinking about it going where did she go she just out hustled you Oh my god! That's she, what he kept saying. <laughs> she out hustled you. So I'm um, not only they get the the oldie squad will get fruit di Bosco. They'll come through and get the wild strawberries. They'll come through and get all the walnuts. Mm-hmm. There's a walnut like a grove of walnut trees. Uh, they'll come through and get all the mushrooms. Like they will come through and they're just machines. Uh, we didn't get enough to make jam or anything. Or no, marmalade. but just for some desserts and I've got enough in the freezer. Pancakes <laughs> and things like that. But, um, the oldie squad. But I was put to shame for sure. Uh, Autumn also brings um, the hunters back. We wake up in most mornings to hearing gunshots and hearing rickety four by fours going down the road uh, at early morning hours. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, and in anticipation slash a preemptive thank you to start hunting season, Gaji and his buddy Claudio, um, who they come over basically every morning. Well, five or six mornings a, a What's week. basic out of seven. So that's basically yeah, every morning. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're here at before sunrise for their coffee and just a little, a little. Bullshit, yeah. And then afterwards, 
on their way back on their home, way back uh-huh to talk about how it actually went or to argue <laughs> well it's i love it now you might say do you really want two hunter guys in your house at 6 30 every morning i like it i'm an early person i like seeing what's also kind of funny is claudio is like a neat freak and he comes in and my hair is all crazy like we're just in pajamas and stuff and he will be like in the full outfit not a a thread out of place. Well, what I didn't realize is hunting gear, like the clothes they wear, are super. It's like ski gear. It's yeah. super expensive and it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And he will freak out if he gets this stuff muddy. And it's like, dude, you're going hunting. You're chomping through the <laughs> woods for like four hours. What do you mean you're gonna? You don't want to get muddy. <laughs> what know, are you talking I about? Um, but he'll come in in the morning with it. Like, like, did Christine. you press that stuff? Exactly. What's going on? So um, he's a nice guy, and he wanted to throw a little preemptive thank you because he knows they're going to be here for the next three months. Uh He said that when he comes over every once in a while with a friend like to go mushroom hunting and stuff and he'll pass by to say hi and he'll talk about coming over here in the morning to his buddies and he says how the first few times he would say to Gaji like we shouldn't go. It's so early. It's six something in the morning and they just finished their season of guests and Gaji would always tell me no, no, no. They like it. They like it. (laughs) Um, But yes, they wanted to make us a fish feast. Yeah. They, they live on the coast. And he made brodetto, which is our, um, like, a fish stew, like a fish soup, but not as much. It's not soupy. There's liquid to it, but it's not a soup. And he was doing the rustita, the grilled fish, mm-hmm. and that's all we wanted. But because Gaji's bebe Gaji, uh, we needed to have, have pasta. Because God knows you need three courses, not two. Which um, reminds me of a couple of great Gaji stories. Um, we, if this wouldn't be a podcast without, um, without, we got to rip on Gaji, ripping on Gaji a little bit. Gaji's our adopted, our adopted Italian Papa. And, um, he busts our balls all the time. So it's time. So we can bust his a little bit too. Gaji's hysterical because, uh, for two things recently, one, um, we needed backpacks to like light backpacks. We don't have like a day light backpack to take on this, yeah, this walking Chinquatera. Exactly. Thing. So I know he's a hunter. He's got to have a hundred backpacks. I go, do you have any back, like a light one to bring over? He's like, I got backpacks. Comes over a couple days later with a box. Like there's like eight of them in Jay, there. A couple days later, he came back the same night. Did he? He was like obsessed with the backpacks. Yeah. Anyway, he's got like eight of them in there. And, and, and half of them have tags yeah, on it still. Still tags on them. And um, he's like, choose a, take a backpack. All right, we'll take a backpack. Well, one they, of them. So I pick one. And then he's like, pick two. You need two backpacks. So it's like, great. All right, whatever. He's like, I never use these. Take the backpacks. Great. We take the backpacks. So in one of the backpacks, we're emptying it out and we find all this crap in there. And it's from, this one was never, never put on really. It's one of those freebie ones from the 36 Congresso Nazi, Congresso Nazi. Nazionale di Cardiologia Firenze 1 through 4 Junio 2005. So Timio Gaggi. We his, found this badge. We found his badge. We found an expired packet of whatever pills they were hawking at this thing. That Pens. it had expired. The, the, the uh, Congresso was 2005. The pills expired in 2008. Yep. And the like, had run out of ink years ago as well. Like, <laughs> um, So obviously this backpack was never put on again. No, we just thought it was funny. So we thought it was funny. Oh, and of course, a pack of tissues. And a pack of tissues. <laughs> Wouldn't be, you couldn't get a gift bag without a pack of tissues. So um, next time Gaji comes over, I'm like, tell me about this. What was this? Tell me all about it. He goes, oh, he sits back, you know, uh, gets a glint in his eye. He goes, oh, Gregazzi, back in the day, being a the doctor. Good old days. The good old days. So back in the day, the pharmaceutical companies would put on what they would call congressos or expos or whatever. And they would take these doctors 
all over Europe. They'd take them to Greece. They would take them to Florence and put them up in five-star places. They'd take them to Paris and take them out to dinner. and then Hunting trips. Hunting and- trips and fishing trips and all this crap. Basically kind of like bribing them to, sure. to, to use their... He misses the bribes. He misses oh, the, the bribes. bribes. He goes, oh, it's not like that anymore. The good old days. Anyway, he tells us the story about not this one that we <laughs> found the badge for, but another one that they took him to. They took him to uh, France or to, to Paris. Paris. And he said, oh, ragazzi, we stayed at whatever, Louis the 15th hotel, whatever hotel he said. And then th- there was this black tie dinner that all the doctors and their wives went to. And he goes, oh, the French is a first course, an- the anti, the, the primo, they bring out this giant, he said they bring out giant um, silver bowls with the shaved ice that's piled in a dome with all the frutti di mare in it. And Gaji's not a guy to go along to get along. Like he won't just <laughs> no, sit there sir. politely and, and pretend like he's been there before. No, sir. He, tell, he tells him, he's, he tells the waiter, I'm not eating this shit. Listen, take all this raw crap, take it back to the kitchen, cook it, toss it with some pasta and bring it back <laughs> <out> to me. <laughs> he doesn't want any of the raw fish. He's a ball buster. He is a ball buster, even back then. So um, this was hysterical, him telling us all about the back in the day, good old days where all these cardiologists sit around in this fancy hotel and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> all the cardiologists, which uh, taking him back in time to the good old days uh, reminded him. He's going to need to get that backpack back. Yeah, then at the end, he goes, so I'm going to need those backpacks. You got those backpacks? It's like, yeah, yeah here you go. Terrible. They're yours. But here's the weird part about Gaji. He wants the backpacks back that he's never <laughs> worn. But he came, comes over and goes, mm, my brother's sick. He's not using his car. Here, you take it. Take the wa- car. Take a car. I don't want a car. Ugh, you take it. It's the insurance is paid for. The, the, the road tax is paid for. You just keep just it. Just keep it. Keep just it keep it here. Keep it here. You can drive it if you want it. So the r- car is okay <laughs> to keep. But the backpack. Last used in 2005. I'm going to need those back. <laughs> I'm going to need those back. <laughs> so we made sure to give them back to him. It's not like I was trying to keep my keep them or anything either it was just it made me think of my grandpa it was hilarious so so it's back to the good old days gaji every morning i love it yes the lunch was great the fish was beautiful and it's always fun to do a little lunch like that and fun because they brought everything and claudio like we said is a neat freak so he had everything like prepped out at home in tupperware containers yeah, he had his shit together. all the fish was clean brought it here just had to like assemble it and um even through that got you busted balls so it was good though uh what do we oh oh last thing we had an election here in oh the gosh. 20th yes. there, there was a regional election so i think like 10 uh regional elections voted and that's not the point of the story uh if you want politics go online and read about it but um, the one thing that's so <laughs> interesting here is how they compa- campaign still so, to this day, to this day. So you don't see like, um, like plaque, like signs on people's driveways or in their houses. They all, the, all the politicians put up the signs where in like the piazza on like a bull, like poster board, the same place you see, like where people died, yeah, the announcements, <laughs> the announcements for, the for the dead people. Um, or it's like on these like mini billboards as you're heading into town and nothing really comes out until maybe a week or 10 days before the election. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a rule or a law or what, but you don't see any of it. Or if it's classic Italian, they just wait just till the, last, the minute. last minute. My favorite thing that they do is whether you are in a, all over La Marque, because we were in uh, Ascoli, a big town, and I saw it in Urbana, is 
maybe three <laughs> or four days leading up, they will either have a if you're if you're a candidate with money, you'll get the billboard truck that has the PA on it that announces you, you're you're running for candidate. If and a huge billboard on the back. And a huge billboard on the back. If you're don't have as much money, you'll just have a guy in a four by four Jeepy looking thing with a like a sign on the top. But all of them will have the PA that is turned up to eleven just blaring so you you can't understand anything they drive super slow they go through all the neighborhoods and they blare up and down the road and since it's for each candidate you'll get like six of them because there's not two parties in italy there's like 12 12 or whatever it is um it's hysterical to see Mm -hmm. you can't it's so over modulated you can't understand I know, and at first, saying. we're still so, gr- I mean, 14 <laughs> years, but sometimes we're still so green with some of these things or forget. And you'll start to hear the loudspeaker and you're like, what, what's going on? Is there some like festival thing going on down the road? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, split second later. Like, that's right. Elections. Get ready for it. Here comes the, uh, the billboard train of yeah. <laughs> just them talking over each other, even on the microphone things over modulated, like Jason said, and the cheaper ones, it's almost like they just strap a megaphone to the roof Absolutely. or out the window. Absolutely. It is homemade for sure. It's great. So, um, uh, the elections came on the 20th. You can go online and see how Italy changed, but, um, it's small or my... big. They go through those towns. Oh man. It's, it's great to see. Mm-hmm. And it's such a throwback to me, even to this day. I know they do that. I love it. Well, that is, um, a good highlight or a good teaser for the next podcast that we do. We'll talk about Scully Pacino and San Benedetto. <laughs> next podcast. That the could last be... one we did is the 25th I know of this August. could be leading up to Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> <This could be. laughs> Um, Speaking of Christmas, though, that makes me think of gifts. And I have to say really quickly, a huge, sincere, heartfelt thank you to you guys, you podcast listeners, you wonderful people, not only for listening, but I don't know what it was. Uh, We received like a handful of totally unexpected gifts in the mail. Which are are not, please. Oh, I'm not saying this to tell you to send us stuff. (laughs) No, it's just appreciated. It's not necessary. From like kitchen cooking Okay. gadgets to no what i was gonna say was just a handwritten card no you know, handwritten cards are so nice that was you know for me the one what is it loosely in england um sue it's just so sweet to get a handwritten card and kenny sent me uh kenny sent me the canal forms the forms oh, kenny the, wants me i think kenny likes fat jason he wants jason fat again well his wish has come true <laughs> but, <laughs> well kenny kenny a few years ago sent me the bread forms to get me yep. back into bread and now he sent me the canal forms which are gorgeous and then we had Jody, someone who we were doing the workshops on Move to Italy with, sent us, right as we were declaring we need to go on diets, we received a box of cereal. Three boxes of <laughs> cereal and junk food, which, which are was gone. amazing. Gone. Oh, my God. They were they're eating gone. immediately, Jason said. I know what we're having for dinner that. tonight. Please don't, don't anyone, please don't anyone <laughs> no. do that. I don't need sugar cereal in my life. But it was incredible to open up a box and go, like, oh, my God. I mean, there were some beautiful tricks. Italy books in there, too. But it was definitely the cereal and chips <laughs> that got our attention. But um, just wanted to say very unexpected and thank you so thanks for thinking of us it's really nice what do you got going on for today um whew, we've i've been stringing peppers from the garden i'm trying to we the tomatoes didn't do well but the peppers did extraordinary certain years they don't go all the way to red no this year they did they went all the way to red and we got a lot of peppers and we've got a ton of the ancho and cayenne 
and I already did the jalapenos. So I've been learning to tie them in different ways or to thread you them. Look good. Um, since we don't have guests, I planted a garden thinking we were going to have a whole season of guests. So I have 120 pepper plants. You got to figure out what to do with these. Seriously, I was like, "What are we doing with all these peppers? Because this is a lot of peppers, and no one wants them. No, <laughs> no one wants them. You're like, God, why wouldn't they want? God, them? he thinks they're way too spicy. He thinks, yeah, they they want either um, people around here either want the e- the long ones, the corn, um, the corn. Pepperoni de corne, the long eating peppers. The squ- They're long and gr- light green. Light green, the, the square ones, normal bell, bell pepper, peppers. Um, or the long cayenne for uh, spicy ones for that are in Italian cooking. When they see like jalapeno or they see ancho or even sweet peppers that are Hungarian or anything. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, we have the beaver dam. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, no, thank you. Oh, my gosh. This wasn't <laughs> even that, like, barely any spice to it. Gaji comes over the next day and it's like what are those peppers what have you done to them i ate one and had them for dinner then later that night i touched my eye and i oh and i thought what a wuss <laughs> like, he's been talking about this pepper forever it's like dude that was you ain't saying nothing yet but anyway um was there so anything you're, else? You're tying up peppers. I got... Yeah, I got to tie up the peppers. Oh, and I've been trimming the hedges outside, which is a bit of a process. Trim. Sounds real interesting I know. stuff. Just no, trying to get the body moving. Yep. Move your body. Move your fat body. That's going to be it from us. What do you got to pimp for this week? This... this uh... um, Throughout the fall... Oh, things aren't looking so great in the States at times. I wouldn't consider our Move to Italy workshop. <laughs> <laughs> That's an honest uh, plug right there. Um, (laughs) The 2021 calendar is also up online, and you can check out all of the cooking workshops. But if you are, in the meantime, over the autumn thinking, "Hmm, what are we going to do? Are we ready for something else in life? Maybe we should move. Why not? (laughs) Chat with us. We'll give you the inside scoop. Check out the virtual Move to Italy workshops, either the um, 90-minute call or the four calls that are a total of seven hours. And... Um, other than that, yeah, kind of just going over the website, making some tweaks and planning for next year. There you go. It's, it's, uh, at least it's a change of season. Yes. Yes. Hopefully. That will bring better times. Yes. (laughs) All right. All right. It's time. This was number two and a half of recording this. I hope we got it. It's like noon already. I know. This is crazy. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good one. You know where to find us. LaTavolaMarque.com. Shoot us a message at info at LaTavolaMarque.com. If you want to ask us any questions for the next podcast, Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places at LaTavolaMarque. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And that's it. Have a good one. Ciao, ciao.